Welcome to season four of the Presquential Podcast. We are joined today by Blaine Zimmerman, Russ Slivka, and a very special guest. Blaine, would you like to introduce him? We're joined today by a good friend of mine, Stingray Rob. Hi, Stingray. Hello, Stingray. Hello. The newest edition of the podcast. Yeah, so we read 21,000 pages of presidential biographies to get to this point. We sure did. Uh, then we watched the Royal season, season one of American Gladiators. Yeah. <laughs> Before they took it down because yep. of the new documentary. I think we're the only... Documentaries. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the only American Gladiators podcast. And now we're still calling it the Presidential Podcast. Correct. But we're not talking about presidents. We might. We might. You never know how they might come up. I you think you've know. run out of presidents at this point. Uh, uh-huh. Who's your favorite president? Oh, yeah. Uh, is this a trick question? No. I feel like I'm walking into a trap. No. no? no. Okay. I, I'd say Abe Lincoln. Okay. Oh, okay. That guy's the worst. Do you have any presidential <laughs> trivia like in your head, like a fun fact? I know what year George Washington died. Okay. okay. That's fair. What okay. year was it? 1799. Okay. Mm. That's correct. That is correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> your resources were accurate. Yeah. <laughs> that's like uh, fourth Steve grade Ray, you're from You're from Idaho, correct? That is correct. Uh, is there any presidential connection to Idaho? No, not that I know of. Okay. I'm sure right. one ate a potato once. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm yeah. sure some of them yeah. ate okay. Idaho potatoes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the new format. Okay. So the new format, everybody brings a story for each episode. And uh, none of us know what that story is. It could be about a person, <laughs> a thing, a place, whatever. You've heard the episode on the primates. Rube, Rube. Waddell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll That's be similar right. to that. We, we got a good response out of that episode. So we're going to roll with that. Singray will be here for at least an episode, maybe two here. Four. Yeah. Uh, first of all, what are we drinking tonight? You are drinking LaCroix. Stingray has water. And so, I have a Miller Lite. Well, cheers to yes. all of you and to all of you. Thanks for listening to the so, podcast about presidents that is not, no not about presidents, presidents anymore. That's fine, though. Russ and I went to Toledo, Ohio this weekend. <laughs> we sure did. Uh, to watch the Italian Super Bowl. Okay, tell me more. So the in Italy, they have American football, like NFL, 12 teams, right? Yeah. And they've had it for 23 years. I think oh, this was yeah. the 23rd year of American football, NFL style in Italy. Their Super Bowl... Was in Toledo, Ohio. Was in Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> Why? Why Toledo? Why not Toledo? Yeah, yeah it's a good point. It's yeah. the glass city. It ends in a vowel. America. Yeah. Like, <laughs> hey, Toledo. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like the Fort Wayne of Ohio. The kids, it is. It really is. I know. It really is. Kids loved it. it yeah. They at least pretended to. They got to meet some of the players. That's cool. They got some autographs. We talked with one of the players after the game. And it was, was really easy to meet the players oh, yeah. because... It wasn't a huge stadium, and it was like a third full. Yeah, yeah. At best, a glass full. What were the names of the teams? Do you remember? Yeah. So Parma Panthers, they won. Okay. Uh-huh. And the Gelfi Firenze, Firenze. Yeah, I but they're in Florence. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. I think I think that all started in Parma, Italy, didn't it? Did it? I'm pretty sure. I've uh-huh. driven through Parma, Italy, well, actually. So American football started in. Well, no, the Italian football. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah American football. Wrinkle. I'm thoroughly impressed with our new guest, Ray Rob. Yeah. yeah. Well, he knows his Italian history. I just yeah. remember my grandma sending me a message and being like, "Make sure you go to the football stadium in Parma, Italy." We didn't. We just drove past it. But okay. Just anyways. despite grandma. You, you yeah. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Take if back. we did all of her things, it would. Yeah, it would be a long road trip. <laughs> so we found out they're allowed three foreign players per team and parma's foreign players were mexican japanese and there was an american that was dual citizenship and the american was a quarterback 
And this guy was an offensive lineman or defensive lineman? That Blaine was talking to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't matter. Who knows? <laughs> but he's in Italian English is like, the quarterback, he very good throwing. Uh, mm. But if he gets hit, the brain is no, no good. <laughs> <laughs> and at first I thought he meant like he was scared of getting hit. And then I realized he meant TBI. Uh, yeah. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, talking goodness. about concussions. Yeah. 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 And then he so, lit up a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There were the players came to like the night market afterwards, which was like a True farm market. And they yeah. were just ripping heaters, like yeah. walking through the farmers. I was market. so disappointed they weren't doing it on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah. It was just so much better. I just pictured them between plays. Like instead of Gatorade, it's just like red wine. Just yeah. right. Yeah. The, just we, don't, we can't confirm that it wasn't. Okay. So, so one last thing, and this yeah. is yeah. the best thing about the entire time. They had just scored a touchdown. Kofi oh, okay. had just scored a touchdown. They were lining up for the extra point. Okay. Yes. The snap sails over the holder's head. Oh. And then the Benny Hill music starts. Uh-huh. And they start yeah, they start <laughs> kicking the ball down the field trying to pick it up. Oh gosh. Yeah. And, and you're just like fall on it. Fall yeah. on it. And they just <laughs> keep kicking the ball. Just take farther, the loss. The whole until, team. Finally, somebody from Parma picks it up on the opposite 40. It went across the 50-yard wow, line. Wow, it sure wow. did. Picks it up, runs in for a two-point conversion the opposite yeah. way. Gosh. Yeah. Um, it was like it a, was, it was like a junior varsity high school man, football game. It was game. amazing. A lot of fun. A bunch of Italians it was a lot of playing fun. American football in uh, Ohio. In Toledo, Ohio. Toledo, Ohio. <laughs> the Fort Wayne of Ohio. <laughs> That's fantastic. How was the celebration? Who, who won? Did Gelfi won? Parma won. Parma won. Dominated. What, what did they do to celebrate? It's similar to the Super Bowl. I mean, the one Gelfi player flipped off our entire side of the crowd. Okay. Because True. their coach, his name is Art Bryles, and he used to coach at Baylor. Okay. And when he, he got fired because there was his a few of his players were uh, arrested for rape, and ah. he tried to cover it up. Okay. So when they said his name, the crowd booed, mm. and I think the players didn't realize they were booing Mark Bryles, thought they were booing them for losing, ah. and the quarterback just turns around and double birds the crowd. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah. Classic translation, you know, error there. So we're diving in. Russ, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Producer Russ always brings the heat. The person I am talking about tonight is the mighty Adam. Adam the is spelled A T O M. Okay. I think I know this. Is this a Marvel it's character? Mm, sort of. The Mighty Atom. <laughs> the Mighty Atom. Yeah, it does kind of sound like a Marvel movie they haven't made yet. So, The Mighty Atom was born Yosel Joseph Greenstein. Or Greenstein. I don't know. You know Steen. I'm going to go with my instincts on this one. Steen? I think it's Greenstein. Okay. Steen. January 2nd, 1893, in a very poor Polish town. Okay. In Poland or like? In, in Poland. Pennsylvania. Su- Suwalk, Poland. Okay. Pennsylvania. Poland. There's a Polish people there, right? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think it's Amish people. Same thing. No, I think Polish is like St. Louis. <laughs> okay. You just turned the Amish into the Polish. That's fine. They're not going to hear this. They won't hear this. Yeah. <laughs> Are there Polish Amish people? Are, um, did the Amish make their way into Quakers. Poland? Quakers. Uh, Mennonites, okay. I think. Yeah. I think those are all three different categories, but, you know, we'll it's, go with it. It's all Christian from what I've learned. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. uh, as a boy, he was sick. He had TB. He had asthma. His like father had passed away from TB. And the doctor had given him, like, weeks to live. So instead of, I guess, dying, he decided that he wanted to get out as long as he had to live at, I think he was, like, 15 years old. He was going to go out and experience the world. Okay. What yes. year is this? What, like, this what? is 18... 1893. 
90, it's like ni- early 1900s at this okay. point. Still, still safe to be in Poland. Yeah. It's never safe to be in Poland. <laughs> Did I say he was Jewish? He's Jewish. It was never safe to be in Poland. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So in order to see the world, the circus had come to town. Okay. So he was going to try to sneak in and hitch a ride with the circus. Nice. That's amazing. But he was caught, or he was seen by some of the local teenagers that were working the circus while it was in town. The youths. The youths. Mm-hmm. And they pulled him aside and just beat him within an inch of his life. Mm. Oh, of course. To punish him for sneaking into the circus. Okay. okay. But as he is, like, laying in the mud, the circus strongman, Champion Volanco, sees him, picks him up, and puts him under his wing. I don't know, possibly literally. I I don't think he had wings. Flats. I mean, it was a circus. It was a circus. It was a circus. He could have had wings. That's true. And took him with him as the circus traveled on to, like, India, to Russia, to... So he succeeded in seeing the world. Yeah, he did. I will protect you. And and in each place, he like learned how to, you know, strengthen his mind and his body, and he became like a strong man. I just saw like the map in an Indiana Jones movie of like the plane yeah. flying. I was from- picturing Steve Martin being like anything from the pencil erasers <laughs> to the stuffed teddy bears, in anything jerk- in this in three in inches. Up, <laughs> it's a great movie. That's so good. Okay, so we see in the this world he he has uh, he has a mentor of sorts looking out for him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Captain Volenko? Was that his name? Champion. Champion, Champion Volenko. Yeah. So he did that for a little over a year, like 18 months. All right. Good and then he came the back home and he got married. And it's a bold thing to do right before you die. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't going to die anymore because he's super he's strong, strong now. now. Good it for him. Like a year, he came home, he got married, and he became, he took up wrestling. Mm. Like Greco Roman? <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. Greco Or like Polish. WWF. No, I think, I think it was legitimate wrestling. Okay, I'm not saying that. You're saying it's not real. I'm not saying anything like okay. that. <laughs> You're hitting people with chairs, like, I mean, he wasn't. Yeah. I don't think he was. You don't know that. Anyway, it was uh, a bad time to be Jewish in Poland uh, yeah, with yeah. the Tsar. Now, now we're there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was always there. Okay. He took his wife, and they left for America. Okay. There was a there prom- are no cats in America. Yeah, the streets are made of cheese. Yeah, yeah. he didn't bring his mice with him. For Stingray, have you seen... Uh, You're soaring over my head at You've never point. seen Five Goes West or American, American Tale? Tale? An American Tale was the first one, but... You have, yeah. have you, Molly? American Tale, man. If Five was like a... If Five was a strongman in that, it's like this story. Oh, okay. Kind maybe of. this is based... Maybe Five is based Have you heard the song Somewhere Out There? Somewhere Oh, yeah, totally, totally. I don't know this one. It's a song that he sings you know that song? to his sister. Yeah, of course. They, they, they're singing underneath the same big moon. Yeah, it's fantastic. And therefore, they feel close, though they're separate. Yeah. Because he's lost. Right. Are we going to go over the whole Bible? <laughs> he goes there's west. Five goes he's west. an animated yeah. Jewish mouse. He is. Who oh finds solace and refuge. <laughs> he is. No, it's the in second America. one. There's that it's whole a mouse. simple plot. Yeah. yeah. All right, go and ahead, he gets Russ. lost. I think, this, cats, I think it's based on this story. I think. I don't know, kind of. Uh, anyway, so so he moves to Galveston, Texas, and he works. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He loves the water. So oh, yeah, he ha- yeah, yeah. Oh, anyway, he had to leave Poland. There was a prominent Jewish person in America, in Galveston, okay. who was bringing over, like paying yeah. to have all these sure. 
immigrants from Poland, Jewish immigrants from Poland come gotcha. over for safety. And I think he owned oil something. Okay. Anyway, he came here. He was working on the oil. How did the residents of Galveston feel about that? I mean, I'm sure they were really, really happy about it. Because if it, we're talking right? like 1920s, right? I'm sure they're fine. Okay. Mm. It's not like it was Poland. Was they love certain, Jewish people. Certain there. organization in the United States in the 1920s <laughs> that didn't take too kindly to Jewish yeah. people moving into their town. I don't know. You're I don't know what you're talking about. There, I am, yeah. It's yeah. fascinating. Okay. I'll continue, Russ. Yeah, he worked on the docks, he worked on the oil fields, and he worked on the railroad. He would All like, the live long day? <laughs> yeah, all the oh. live long day. Did he hire a chimpanzee? No. Oh. What's this guy's name again? His name is The Mighty Adam. Okay. That's his stage name. What was his real name? <laughs> Joe Greenstein. <laughs> That's right. Greenstein used to work on the docks. Oh. Okay. That's what I was trying to get to. There it is. <laughs> it didn't really land, but that's fine. No, it landed. Okay. Poland's uh, been on strike. <laughs> They're down on their luck in Galveston. In Galveston. We try to sing as much as possible, Sting, right? You're doing yeah. great. This Thanks, is like a live musical. Thank you. Thank you. It is. It's Finally, like someone. Yeah. Well, have they, have <laughs> they made the American Tale into a musical? Uh, Isn't it already a musical? No, but like a real person musical, because they like doing that now. Like a real person playing a mouse? Oh, yeah. I see what you're saying. Or real mice. Like cats, but the other thing. Oh, gosh, cats was horrible. Maybe. I don't know. We should look know. it up. I think it'd be good. Just Continue, Russ. Go when he was laying railroad tracks, he used to pound the iron spikes in with his hand. With his what? fist. That yeah. seems... That's a man. Yeah. No, it seems like it would hurt. Yeah. And it seems made up, but it's corroborated by, I don't know, other... Wow. Railroad people. Uh, and then he met Jack Johnson, the famous yeah, fighter. Boxer. Yeah, yeah the famous oh, the boxer. singer-songwriter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> banana pancakes. Both. Sure, totally. Uh-huh. Yep. Can we say no one's boxer before then? I had no idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> Ryan does a really good Jack Johnson. Oh, yeah. Uh, all my songs, they sound the same. That's because they're all the same. Yeah, yeah. I'm Jack Johnson. See? Yeah. Ride my bike, don't own a car. <laughs> I go surf and play guitar. I'm Jack Johnson. Then I go dabbity do and dabbity me. All my friends live in Hawaii. Okay, Russ, continue. So you met Jack Johnson, the yeah. heavyweight champion of the world, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first black heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He taught him how to fight. Yeah. And uh, so he was. Wait, strong he taught man. Jack Johnson how to fight? Other way around. Johnson. Jack Johnson. He was already him. strong. Now yeah. he knows how to fight. Now he got it. He's yeah. like an ape. He's like cocaine bear at this point. He is. But <laughs> he's like, but he's like a 5'4 Jewish man. Okay. All I can see is Curious George animation as this story is being <laughs> yes. told. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I, I yeah. do see he's it. He's 5'4? Yeah, he's 5'4. You four. buried the lead on that one. Wow. He's Adam. I got you. Mighty Adam. Never mind. I'm not going to get into it. He's diminutive. He's 5'4 punching railroad ties in. Yeah. Right. And uh, when he was living in Galveston, his wife had some guy that was obsessed with her. Huh? And he saw that, you know, Joe was the only reason. He thought Joe was the only reason that he couldn't, you know, be with Joe's wife. So he, a local Texas man obsessed with Leah Greenstein, 1914, shot her husband between the eyes. Wow. Yeah. The bullet struck with enough force to flatten against his forehead, but it did not penetrate. The mighty Adam's skull stopped a bullet? Stopped a bullet, flattened it against his forehead. I did. I just read that. How did did that happen? 
I don't I know. Knew but I knew, heard this guy. He name. also used his forehead to drive nails. Yeah. Apparently so. Yeah. yeah. Right? No, but that's that's actually a thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh. Uh, yeah. He said the. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get past that too quick. Sure. He shot him at point blank range in his forehead, and it just flattened. There was like no indentation, nothing. See, that's when that, he became a professional he a strong man. brow. How does that happen? I don't know. Okay. Where okay. there's a will, there's a way. Right. That's, he that's basically what he says. That's his whole philosophy. Yeah, you just got to think it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you will it, there is no mm-hmm. something. Yep. Linen. You got to manifest the bullets. What is it that Walter keeps saying? If you will it, there is no try or something like that. That's Yoda. That's Yoda. No, but there's no, a linen no, no, quote that he does in the Big Lebowski. There is no cry. V.I. Linen. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Walker. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I just can't pull the quote. Okay. You guys reference uh, that movie a lot. Well, he references it and I recognize it, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like, we'd like what just happened. Yeah. So this guy survives a bullet, uh-huh. he's seen the world, uh-huh. and he's a wrestler. Yeah, but after he got shot in the head, yeah. he decided he was going to become a strongman. Okay. Like professional, like on the circuit, Yeah, on the, the strongman circuit. Like ripping phone books in half kind of strongman? Yeah, like... Okay. Uh, Taking bullets uh, to the forehead. Kind like of he was on the I think that's team. the top <laughs> tier. He would... God squad? Bend yeah. horseshoes, like legitimately bend horseshoes. They're already bent. Yeah, but like bend them in other directions. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. he would okay. straighten out horseshoes. Uh, he would he would drive nails with his bare hands. Jeez, and he could. So one of the stunts that he did. This is jumping ahead a little bit. So at the Buffalo Airport, before a large crowd of stunned witnesses, the human dynamo, the mighty Adam. I don't know why they wouldn't just call him the mighty Adam. Held his ground after he had tied his hair. To a plane, and when the pilot increased the plane speed from 800 RPM for an approximate speed of 30 miles per hour to a speed of 1600 RPMs for a speed of 60 miles per hour, he held it still with his hair alone. Yeah, essentially, this guy is Samson. Yeah, he's right. He's basically Samson. His wife's name is Delilah. Leah. Did he his oh, Leah. Yeah. Oh, wild. 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 Biblical references. Here's something I realized recently. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, it was when I was driving home from said Italian Super Bowl, and my mind was wandering a bit. Nathan, my hypothesis, and it was correct, Nathan is short for Jonathan. Did you know that? Nathan. John it's not Nathan. short for Nathaniel? It could be short for Nathaniel, but it could also be short for Jonathan. Jonathan. Nathan. Huh. Nathan. You'd That's think weird, they right? would just call a guy John, but I yeah. I get it. You're not yeah. really making it shorter. No, you're just saying. That's a good point. But uh, you're right, though, Russ. They do share Thank many you. of the same letters. That's true. <laughs> no, but it's like a verified. Yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. I, I was pretty happy about it. name's Jonathan. Just call me Nathan. Because I just hypothesized <laughs> it and then verified it, and it was true. Hi, my name's Nate. Oh, Nathan? No, Jonathan. John, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you name the president uh, who kind of put Buffalo on the map? Millard Fillmore. Cleveland. Millard Fillmore. And Grover Cleveland. You're right. He was a sheriff there, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Proud of you both. He ended public executions. Yeah. Forever? Didn't or did they bring him the back? sheriff? Is that there. what we named that episode for Grover Cleveland? Yeah. You know who Grover Cleveland is, Stingray? Nope. Two-termer, but not successive terms. He's the only non-consecutive two-term president. You know who was oh, in between okay. them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Indiana's only president, Benjamin, Benjamin Harrison. Harrison. Yeah, 23. The more you know. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. All right, Russ. So uh, this guy is a freak of nature. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, he is. He's yeah. He's legitimately strong. I mean, unbelievably strong. Yeah. Like beyond that, they named. So there is supposedly either a comic book hero or a movie hero called the Adam. Oh, A-T-O-M. This is a uh, DC. It's not Marvel. It's DC. Here is we it go. The, the there Rock. it is. No, Black no. Adam. No, it's nope. um. There's a uh, another guy, but he. It's essentially DC's Ant Man. Yeah, it, oh, okay. he is. Oh, okay. That's okay. who this. He was very big in the 1930s. He would tour around. He was a he was a huge act. Wild for being so small. It's crazy. But whoever I don't know who created the Adam, the DC comic, yeah. the Adam. But it was based upon this guy. Wow. So he was a, a legitimate superhero. Also, one, one more. What is his name? His actual name. Joseph uh, Joe Greenfield. Greenstein Joe, Greenstein Joseph Greenstein Jim Greenfield <laughs> <laughs> Jim yeah. Nathan Greenfield yeah okay I've that was after Ellis Island yeah that's pretty cool yeah at the time there was a uh, large uh, neo-nazi large. movement or Nazi movement yep. I don't know what it was when okay. did it become neo-nazis after World War II I think so. Uh, I think so yeah New Nazis, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, he was walking by the clubhouse of the neo-Nazis. I don't know what you call it. And they had a uh, a big banner, <laughs> a big banner on the building that was, you know, anti-Semitic. Yes. Obviously. So he got a ladder and he climbed up the side of the building and tore the banner down. Nice. And when he got down, 18 Nazi skinheads came out wow. and confronted him. So he is bulletproof. So I mean, he. Yeah. Why do you mess with our banner? He put eleven of them in the hospital. Oh, eleven of them. Nice. And I don't. The other ones, they just. I don't know. Didn't have health insurance. Scampered away. Yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> but they took him to court, and the mighty Adam was on one side, and like these eighteen. No, some of the, some of the skinheads or whatever couldn't make it to court because they were still hop- hospitalized. <laughs> But they, I mean, they tried to, you know, he said uh, something like it wasn't a fight. It was a pleasure or something like that. And he got off 100%. The judge was. This guy's amazing. Yeah, the guy's absolutely amazing. And he did this strongman stuff well into his 80s. Like Madison Square Garden. He had his last show at Madison Square Garden like when he was in his 70s. He died in 1977. Wow. To the mighty Adam. To the mighty Adam. Thank you, Russ, for bringing that knowledge to us. Right. So we're going to take a quick break, and yeah. we'll come back, and then I've got a story. Hey, everyone. This is Blaine. Veteran suicide is a huge issue within the veteran community. Through different experiences, too many of our brothers and sisters have gone down this road, and the team at Vets Lives Matter is working to combat this issue. Vets Lives Matter is a cohort of veteran and civilians working on a mission to enhance veterans' lives. By teaming up with local veteran nonprofits across the country through a combination of physical challenges and fundraising efforts, we will end veteran suicide. Be sure to follow on all social media platforms at Vets Lives Matter to learn how to donate and participate in challenges in your community. Together, we will beat this. And we're back. You just heard about the mighty Adam from producer Russ, and now Blaine is going to share his story. So Blaine, what you got? So this is for our aquatic friend, Stingray. Am I your, yeah, okay. Yeah, just double-checking. Um, Thank you. The, yeah. Sydney, Australia, April 25th, 1935. Oh, I thought okay. you were going Steve Irwin. No, 
Uh, that took a rip. sharp turn. No. Rip. So uh, <laughs> a tiger shark was caught from uh, off the coast of Coogee Beach, and it was transferred to the Coogee Aquarium, okay. and it was displayed publicly. A week after being in the aquarium, the tiger shark became ill mm. and vomited oh. up a human arm. What? Well, okay. How, can we stop? <laughs> how big is it? Describe a tiger. Tiger shark's going to Tiger shark to me. Wait, yeah. And how long was it there? A week. And the arm is still like an arm? Yeah. Because the left hand and forearm of a man bearing a distinctive tattoo, so you could see its tattoo, was oh. floating oh, in the pool. So oh. before it was captured, I'm sure it's quite pickled the tiger that. shark yeah. had swallowed a smaller shark, and that arm was in the smaller shark. Oh, it's like a Russian oh. nest doll. Yeah. It is. Yeah. 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 Okay. What? So they were able to <laughs> use fingerprints of the hand to what? identify <laughs> the body. Wow. Former boxer and petty criminal Jim Smith, who was yeah. born in England in 1890. Okay. okay. He okay. had been missing since April 7th, 1935. Oh, Wow. So do you think he... Okay. Did he eat the entire body? We'll get there. Oh, my God. What is that? The examination found out that the limb had been severed with a knife. So it then became a murder The plot thickens. We're a murder podcast now. This is someone's pet tiger shark. That is what this is. Yeah. Well, then the aquarium owners killed the shark and gutted it, which, like, threw the investigation off for a little while. Oh. So... Early on, a Sydney businessman, Reginald William Lloyd Holmes, was the like main suspect. Okay? okay, he was a fraudster and a smuggler, and he had a boat building business. Um, he had employed Smith several times to work insurance claims, scams, insurance scams, scams. So basically, he would like overinsure a boat, and then they oh. would sink the boat. Ah, nice. Right, get that money. Don't do that at home, kids. So then they started doing more crimes with Patrick Francis Brady, Pat Brady, an ex-serviceman convicted forger. So we've got a trio Ooh. of criminals here. Yeah. We've got Smith, who's now dead, Reginald William Lloyd Holmes, and Patrick Francis Brady. What qualifies you as a forger? Like how many? I think you sign other people's names successfully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but how many times successfully? Because he could have just oh, tried it once and he point. got caught, and then all of a sudden he's a forger. Yeah, you can't really publicly let people know that. Oh, that was me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Good so question, he would Russ. Forge uh, checks for small amounts, and then Smith would cash them, and then basically they were able to establish that Smith was blackmailing him to do that. Hmm. So he was blackmailing Smith yep. to forge the forger. checks. Yeah. Smith was last seen drinking and playing cards with Brady at the Cecil Hotel on April 7th after telling his wife he was going fishing, as you do. <laughs> Brady. You got rented- anything? No, but I got <laughs> hammered with yeah. my friend. Um, <laughs> Lost an arm. Rented a small cottage. <laughs> uh, I got to eat my tiger shot. <laughs> they basically were alleging that Smith murdered him at this cottage. Oh. Uh, oh. Port Hacking. And Guanamata Bay were searched, um, but the That's rest of the body was port never... Hacking. Yeah, port hacking, right? <laughs> rest of the body was never found. So huh. Brady got arrested on May 16th and charged with murder. Taxicab driver testified he had taken Brady to Holmes' address the day he was gone missing, and he was disheveled, had a hand in his pocket, and wouldn't take it out. Um, <laughs> Literally. Initially, <laughs> initially, Holmes 
um, the guy from the beginning, <laughs> denied any association with him. But then he went into his boat shed and attempted suicide by shooting himself in the head. Oh. However, the bullet flattened against the his bullet head. flattened against the bone <laughs> of his forehead. <laughs> no way! Are, are you serious? Dead serious? No way! What no are you way. talking about oh, right now? Oh gosh, oh. this is so meta. You know what? So this <laughs> is really taking Mighty Adam down a peg for me. <laughs> so. <laughs> He fell in the water. It revived him. He crawled into a speedboat and led police on chases around the harbor for four hours before he was caught and taken to the hospital. Wow. This is Mighty Adam's cousin or something. It has has to be. So Holmes decided to cooperate with the police in investigating the murder. He told the detective that Brady killed Smith, dismembered his body, stowed it into a trunk, and threw the trunk into the Guanamata Bay. Okay. How is that? What bay is it? Guanamata. Guanamata. G-U-N-N-A-M-A-T-T-A. It's the Guantanamo. It's the Guantanamo. Of Australia. Of Australia. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I've been trying to close it for years. They just can't. Which one's the forger? Sorry, I'm getting lost with all the names. Brady's the forger. Okay. Holmes was like the mastermind of the criminal. Which one is dead? Smith. 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 Okay. In the conservatory. That was the the problem I was, uh, I realized would probably happen. (laughs) With the tiger shark. So (laughs) he said that. In the aquarium with the tiger shark. (laughs) He said that Brady came to his house, showed him the severed arm, and threatened to kill him if he didn't receive 500 pounds immediately. Wow. Wow. Um, So he went to Sydney and got rid of the arm. Holmes withdrew 500 pounds. He left his house telling his wife he had to meet somebody. He was very cautious on his drive home. And early the next morning, he was found dead in his car, shot three times at close range. Wow. Crime scene made it appear that Holmes had committed suicide, but forensic evidence had no doubt he was murdered. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shoot yourself three times. Okay. It wasn't in the forehead, that's well, for sure. when the first two smash closed. That's a good point. So, coroner went into ch- checking on Smith's death the same day Holmes was found dead. Okay. So, even though he was the main witness, he was never offered police protection. Huh. So... He, you know, was killed. The lawyer claimed to the coroner there was not enough substance to begin, like, investigating Brady. And then they argued that an arm does not constitute a body. Hmm. Oh, I mean, it's like when you rip a dollar bill in half, you have to have 60%. Well, so to- therefore, Smith could still be alive oh. just without an arm. So you can't charge him with murder. Because we don't know that he's dead. I like that we did just become a true crime podcast. Yeah, we did. So now the most important witness is dead. And the case against Brady is insufficient because there's no murder, theoretically. Yep. He couldn't be charged with anything, though? They charged him with murder, but he was acquitted. And for 30 years, Brady maintained he was in no way involved with the murder of Smith. He died at Concord Repatriation General Hospital in Sydney, on April 18th, 1965, and the murder is still unsolved. Wow. Okay. How big? I mean, it's not really unsolved, but according to the courts, it is. How big was the tiger shark that ate the tiger shark mm. that ate the arm? It's a good question, Russ. Because at least does, arm length. Well, but the tiger shark that it ate had to be at least arm length, which was is Was it what? the full arm, like shoulder to... No, it said hand and form. Okay. So okay. elbow, elbow down. That's a solid. It's maybe. pocket sized. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's just what, a snack if you're a two shark. Feet? Two yeah. feet. Yeah. Two feet. So yeah. three feet at least of shark and of shark eat that swallowed by shark. a six foot you have shark. To eat, yeah. Wow. And that doesn't seem out of the ordinary for a six foot shark. Not in Australia no. to eat a shark to eat an arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
Probably happens every day in Australia. I'm sure it does. Do they that eat shark a, in Australia? Just a think? land of horrors. Because that would be a surprise. <laughs> that was horrors. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> land of horrors. Right. Yes. Can you imagine like eating a, a fish and then you're cutting into it uh-huh. and then there's an arm? I'm sure that happens all the time. You're Maybe not right. a human arm, but yeah. like I'm sure people cut into fish and find all sorts of stuff. There's yeah. those ones you open up, there's a pearl inside. Uh, that's, that's, that's an true. oyster, but you're yeah. right. Right. Or you're right. The, it happens. the ones that you crack that. open and there's a fortune inside. Yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. a kinder egg, I think. Is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that is wow. the shark arm case. That's I like it. Well yeah. done. Thank like you. It. That's, a, that's uh, a lot. That's I a think lot we should take another break. Okay. And then uh, we got let's, one more. let's let our guest Stingray share his Okay. Story. And then you go last. We'll be right back, friends. Facing the transition out of the military is rarely easy. It doesn't help that the staggering number of options you're faced with can be overwhelming. But there's a light at the end of that tunnel for all veterans. And that light shines brightest here in Indiana. Lucrative careers in fast-growing industries are plentiful. Housing costs are amongst the lowest in the nation. And you can live in the country while being less than an hour from a world-class city. At InVets, we're showing veterans how to translate the valuable skills they've learned to the civilian world while connecting them with careers they can be proud of so they can lead fulfilling, purposeful lives. Go to InVets, that's I-N-V-E-T-S dot org. Create a profile to learn more about Indiana communities, browse the current open job openings in these communities, and receive your free shirt. That's InVets, I-N-V-E-T-S dot org. Welcome back, friends, to Season 4, Episode 1 of the Presequential Podcast. Quattro. Man, we're on Season 4. Our esteemed <laughs> guest, Stingray Rob. Uh, no, I guess this is Season 5. <laughs> season 5. Because the presidents were three oh, seasons. That's right. Yeah. that's right. Season yeah. 5. All right. Okay, Second cool. season of non-presidents. Correct. Thank nice. you, Stingray. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Since you're already talking, share your story here. All uh, right. Here we go. For those of you that don't know, I am from Idaho. That is on the West Coast. It's not next to Ohio or Indiana. Oh. Got it. Okay. Okay. It's not the yeah. corn state, it's the potato state. Got it. It's got, yeah, it's got a french fry in the state. A yes. little long panhandle, just yeah, like a little right. chimney. Where right. where in Idaho are you from? Uh, Boise area. Oh. I like yeah. that you called it on the West Coast. Yeah, I, I, you know, the new term I've discovered is Pacific Midwesterner. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like is that. it not Big Sky? That's Montana, right? That is Montana. It's Montana. Okay. But I'm sure there's... I thought there was like a region, whatever. I, like the, I know very little about Idaho. Well, we can we can fix that. Okay. You're about to find out more. We can it's like the Fort Wayne it. of the West Coast. <laughs> Pacific Northwest. Perfect. That clarifies so much. Thank you. There's a, a small town in Idaho called McCall, and there's a lake there called Payette Lake. Now, I have spent most of my off-seasons there, snow skiing, mountain biking, doing all such things. It's not too far from my hometown of Payette. But in the early 1940s, Many people began moving into this area. Well, it was occupied by many beavers. Okay. <laughs> All right. Why were they moving in? Gold? I no, no. It was suddenly just suddenly intrigued. It's a very beautiful area. It's up in the mountains, you know, mountain lake, crystal clear water, snow skiing. Uh, yeah. Beautiful roads. I mean, just gorgeous wildlife all over the place. Clearly, beavers. Beavers. Oh, yeah. Tons of trees to take down. <laughs> <Yeah>. Just <laughs> tons of moving water that they're infuriated by. I just like the beavers. Anytime they see running water, they're like, "Not on my watch." <laughs> <laughs> that is a wild thing, though. Yeah, yeah. But they just innately have you seen know that video that dams of the, have the people that have the pet beaver, and it just starts building a dam with like <laughs> toys <laughs> from around the house in the hallway. No, but I do love just otter like, videos. Otter videos. Oh, are you fun do. Too. Yeah, Gosh, you send them to us. Yeah, there. No, there's a video 
video, the people have a pet beaver, and it just like grabs random toys around the house and starts building a dam in the hallway. Wonderful! <laughs> so stop it! I can't stop. Yeah. I'm a beaver. So okay, good. all right. So it's it's a. What do you call a group of beavers? Do we know? Oh. Let's look that up. Oh, no, 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 you I keep going it. with your story. I'll look okay, it up. Okay, okay. Got it, got yeah, it. We have, we're a well-oiled machine here. Yeah. Okay, yeah. got it. Okay, so anyways, during this time, there was a beaver by the name of Geronimo. Who named this beaver? I, I You know, I don't know. But Geronimo, Geronimo. he's legendary. Yeah. He's actually, he's elderly, so he was named in his later years. But sometime in the late 1940s, a very patient elderly beaver called Geronimo was put in a box. Mm-hmm. flown to an altitude of between 150 and 200 meters and tossed out the side of an airplane. Yes. That's just... So that is our lead in here. Do you have a parachute? This is my kind of story. <laughs> yeah, did he have a parachute? Did he just, just kick him out of the plane? It's the first... That's newsworthy. Para Beaver. Para Beaver. Beaver Trooper. Yeah, screaming beavers. A scream of beavers. Yeah. It's actually called a colony. Of oh, beavers. No, that's, that's, that's kind that's of not good. It should be like, wait a minute. You should call it a dam. Or a chuck of beaver. Uh, Is no, a woodchuck be... and a beaver the same thing? I think they're cousins. Let's look that up too while Stingray continues. <laughs> <laughs> Which. I just love that there's there's a beaver that is now airborne. Yeah. Geronimo in Idaho. He's got his wings. <laughs> so did he live? Well, he continued. <laughs> oh. What? So he did not know at the time because, you know, beavers. Um,. But very each time Geronimo survived the trip back down. So he did this multiple times. Um, <laughs> wait, wait. so there who, was a parachute attached to yes, something. Yes. Who is okay. taking this beaver into a plane? What did you ask earlier, Russ? Are beavers related to woodchucks? Woodchucks. Okay, thank you. All right. you ask oh, have you guys heard of rock chucks? Huh? Rock we have rock chucks in Idaho. Rock chucks? Rock chucks. Is that a rodent? What is that? <laughs> what is a rock chuck? What is a rock chuck? Oh, just an animal that throws uh, rocks at people. What it, is a rock chuck? Uh, it, it, it's a, a chuck that throws rocks. I'm going to go with yeah. that. It's, a, it's like a gopher. It's a large gopher. Groundhog. Groundhog. Large groundhog. So like every so, year do you see if the rock chuck sees the shadow? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so beavers are also called woodchucks and... Uh, they are? No, I don't oh. know. But you're saying that oh, uh, Puxatawney Phil is also a rock chuck. That's just a different name? Mm. Sure. It sounds like they're different. I think it sounds the, like these are bigger. Is these, there a, these live in rocks as opposed to trees, maybe? Got it. I okay. didn't know if there was like a, a doppelganger chuck for every type of species. They're not, they're not in the same family, woodchucks and, be, and beavers. But they probably know each other. They're like, hey, man. What's the, the, What's the animal name? The genus and species? Uh, woodchucks are members of this Skiridae family, while oh. beavers are members of the Castoridae family. Oh, I actually knew that because of Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, really? <laughs> whenever they show the animal, it shows their genus and species <laughs> oh, underneath that's it. That's cool. And well, Bill Murray, I think, is the beaver. No, he's a skunk. He's no, the woodchuck. He's a woodchuck, yeah. Beavers are also in line which in the wardrobe and woodchucks aren't. Okay. Yeah, but we that's the distinction. There you go. You Very see good. one later, you mm-hmm. see another after a while. Very good. <laughs> Precisely. Continue Stingray. So Geronimo survived this trip back down to the little flying field in Idaho. He's bringing one of the nuttiest solutions to wildlife relocation ever, <laughs> dreamed up closer to reality. Hmm. The year was 1948. It was just it was after the end of World War II. Yeah. yeah. And people were beginning to seek out homes, as we've said, in McCall, Idaho. Quote. But beavers kept falling on them. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
It's raining beavers here. It's raining beavers. Hallelujah. Okay. okay. So people are trying to move in. Yes. Quote, and in the process kind of moved into where these beavers had been doing their things for decades, centuries. And beavers Whoa. became a problem. Mm. Problem. I would say the people became the problem. Yeah, yeah. you know. but They were just living. America. Beavers are just out there beaving. Yeah. <laughs> Beavers be beaving. <laughs> Beavers gonna beave. <laughs> so in their beaving and their abundance of such, the new locals resulted in a whole lot of damage to irrigation systems, orchards, and other kinds of farming efforts. So the fish and game department were tasked with transplanting these beavers to a suitable <laughs> habitat, which was cool because past experience had shown that transplanted beavers were great at setting up new colonies. Sure. Um, very relocatable. Colonies. Great. Probably clearing more land for houses. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's actually great for the environment because it, you know, clears trees. They can re- yeah. reproduce, all this other stuff. Oh. Good things happen. All right. I did, yeah. I did not know I you. did my beaver research before I came here today. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Continue. I'm about to bleep that out. I <laughs> oh, no. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, geez. Okay. Okay, so the only problem was the actual transplanting process. In Idaho, there are various mountains, unlike the Iowas of the world, where it's flat and miserable. Uh huh. They're going to be next week. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Wow, that was a real slap (laughs) in the face. Somebody's looking forward to going to Uh, Iowa next week. What uh, what what are people from Idaho call Idahoans? Idahoans. Idahoan. Idahoan. Yeah, Idahoan. Idahoan. Idahoans. Why do you dislike Iowa so much? Oh, is it other it's, I states? I guess it is, yeah. Oh, cool. When they have corn, we have potatoes, and I think potatoes are just superior, but you can't okay, really well, run, run cars on potatoes, so careful. it's kind of... We also have corn sting, right? Yeah. <laughs> and we also start with an I. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, we're yeah. also very... Tread on thin ice right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I'm here now, so yeah. I can't yeah. do That's that. a good point, yeah. Okay, so these he- heavily forested landscapes made it difficult for transplanting these beavers because there was no roads and in the convoluted process elmo w heater from idaho fish and game department described in a 1950 edition of the journal of wildlife management first the targeted beavers would be packed into boxes Mm. and spent days strapped to a horse or a mule and during the heat dust bumps and general lack of breathing space on their way home of a designated conservation officer and in idaho it's 110 degrees in the summer so i'm assuming that they wouldn't do this in the winter when there's 60 inches of snow on the ground in the mountains so they have to do this why didn't they just air air mail them yeah or just like put them on a leash why do you gotta like like (laughs) a cart full of beavers that is just get a a, like a, a Australian like Shepherd. Loose and yeah. like, for beavers. Or like use them like sled dogs, you know? When you said that, I know you meant a dog, but in my mind, it was just a guy with an Australian accent. <laughs> accent. <laughs> hey, come on. Come on, beavers. Hey, come on, beavers. Let's go, beavers. Ah, I know. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm now only going to think of that when I think of an Australian, Australian Shepherd. shepherd yeah. Ah. Okay. So another issue with this is that the horses that they'd pack them in on did not like the scent of the caster coming from the beavers. What's caster? Uh, it's it's like the a musk. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So they have a caster gland that produces this caster, and it it could be used to like burn candles, many different things. I love how much oil? you know caster, caster oil. oil. Caster oil. Yeah, yeah. Okay. beavers, man. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's so cool. Very versatile animals here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but anyways, the beavers and the horses would brawl because oh. the horses didn't <laughs> like the smell. What would the beavers do? They would just flap their little tails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I don't know exactly. Beavers cannot stand the direct heat of the sun unless they are in water. During transportation, they must be constantly cooled in water. Sometimes so it's like Free Willy? <laughs> Just kept spraying them as they were going. They're the nuclear <laughs> reactor of the rodent world. <laughs> it's like Free Willy. Yeah. They had to keep him yeah, wet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at the car wash on the way. Yeah. Free Willy, Free Beaver. So the horses and mules became spooked and quarrelsome when loaded with a struggling, odorous pair of live beavers. These problems involve further handling and too frequently result in the loss of the beaver. So, mm. very sad. Anyways, this That's is a why. Lot of effort. This That's is a lot why. Of effort to relocate beavers. That's mm-hmm. right. But it needed to be done. Sure, it did. Orchards and stuff. Yeah, you got crops to grow. <laughs> yeah. So, they Floating. needed faster, cheaper, and more humane ways of getting these beavers from A to B. Solution they came up with planes and World War II parachutes. Yes. <gasps> yes. God, this yes. Is great. Yes. This is great. I hope they flew Major Winters in for this. Dick Winters. Band of Beavers. Band of Beavers. He's just out there teaching them how to take out a trench. This has got to be like a Muppet (laughs) skit. This feels like a Muppet skit. It does. I just see them in their little hats. Continue to that. Quote, satisfactory experiments with dummy weights having been completed, one male beaver, whom we fondly named Geronimo, was dropped again and again on the flying field. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Can you imagine that beaver's Does POV that, of this story? I think story? we've talked about dogs on elevators before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like yeah, getting sure. into the magic machine and yeah. the, you're just the world changer. The world you're like changer. you get into going to the doors and the world changes. Like this is a whole nother yeah. level. They're just like, why am I flying? <laughs> uh, pause, pause. Which U.S. president? Uh, was associated with Geronimo, specifically the skull of Geronimo. Oh, remember? George W. George H. W. George H. W. Bush. Mm. Wow. The skull and bones. Yes. Yeah, it was purported yeah. that they uh, stole the skull of Geronimo. Okay, go ahead, Stingray. Geronimo was dropped again and again. <laughs> Each time he scrambled out of the box, someone was on hand to pick him up. He finally became resigned, and as soon as we approached him, he would crawl back into the box, ready to go aloft again. Oh. He's like, yeah. this is awesome. He's coming okay. back up. Yeah. It's like the kid at the the log ride at yeah. Six Flags. Yeah. He's like, I want to go again. He's Run telling back. all of his friends about it. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Ooh, what if it was? It wasn't like Geronimo Geronimo's skull. What if it was Geronimo the Beaver's <gasps> skull? Was, they thought they had <laughs> the chief Geronimo skull, yeah. but it was really a beaver skull. It was really this a beaver whole time. skull. The timing doesn't With line like up on name that. With like a name tag, because he would have been college. No, he would have been uh, post uh, his his World War II crash. Yeah, when he like yes, when got he stung died. by a man of war and all that. Yeah. Yeah. Hit his head on the side of the plane. On that his way episode. Out. That that's a good episode. H. Yeah. W. Bush. Yeah, go listen to that one. Okay, sorry, Stingray. We're good. So this job was not for free. He was paid at some point. Geronimo, or at was least paid? at least rewarded. Okay. Um, okay. You may be sure that Geronimo had a priority reservation on the first ship into the hinterland. And that three young females went with him. Even there, he stayed in the box for a long time after I his bet he did. Yeah, I did. was busy inspecting the new surroundings. <laughs> oh, the new surroundings. Yeah. However, his colony was later reported as very well established, end quote. Oh, gosh. There's so, so he was just puns. the king of the new colony. <laughs> so what Geronimo didn't know is that he was sentencing his fellow beavers to a life in a box. Oh, kind of. no. Thanks to Geronimo, 76 beavers were successfully transplanted during the fall of 1948. The fall. The literal fall. This is called the beaver fall of 1948. Wow. Okay. 
It would be cooler well if the town was called Beaver, Beaver Falls. Falls. Is that why it's called Beaver Falls? Are we what? getting there? Is there a Beaver Falls, Idaho? I thought so. Yeah, you're like, the you resident know, Idahoan. Yeah. Idaho- <laughs> Idahoan? From the Idahoan. Idahoan. I haven't, I haven't been to Beaver Falls. Maybe I should go. Oh. Right, just be careful. It, it may not exist. <laughs> it does in our hearts. It definitely exists. Pennsylvania. 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 Uh, Idiot. And uh, Arizona. There. It's also in Arizona. Do you think they did this in those places also? This was very uh, trend-setting, probably, for the rest of the world. Gosh. Yeah. It's the only known way to move beavers now. <laughs> That's why. Correct. Think. Yeah. It's time-tested. Okay. It's the industry standard. Yeah. This is super weird, right? <laughs> I love this it. This is really weird. So okay. the boxes could only carry two live beavers each, and they oh. were heavy enough to deploy the parachute immediately, but light enough to end the trip with a gentle landing. Heater describes how the weight of the boxes kept them shut on their way down to Earth, but the beavers were able to easily crawl out once they had landed. One of the selections of small open meadows dotted with the streams. These new habitats were part of what's now considered to be the largest protected roadless forest in the lower 48 states, which is known as the Frank Church Wilderness, which is beautiful. I haven't been to it. I want to go. There's no roads, no motor vehicles. You can go whitewater rafting through the Frank Church Wilderness, wow. barring the, the dams yeah. from the beavers. Yeah. Um, so, How many generations of beavers are... How long does like, the beaver live? Yeah. How far away are we from those original beavers? <laughs> That's a good image. That's good background. Just imagine beavers parachuting. <laughs> yeah. A troop of beavers. Is that beavers. Wagner? <laughs> With little white goggles on. Valkyries, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a beaver invasion. <laughs> go, 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 yeah. go. <laughs> have you ever seen a jump before? I, I have. Yeah, so... I'm imagining only I've seen in the movies. Every once in a while, you've done it, right? No, huh? okay, okay. But I've been on the ground when it's happening, and it's lit- it's really funny because they just like, bloop, 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 and then you see their parachutes open. Yeah. And I'm just imagining beavers, not in boxes, but with no, little goggles in. on, oh, just a little, like, little Elvis costume, <laughs> an altimeter watch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of them passes out; the other one has to zoom back and get him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's where my so, mind goes. This is. Great. During yeah. this invasion of beavers, all 76 except for one survived oh, successfully. Wow. No. Mm. The one that did not was murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Eaten by a tiger shark. Uh, <laughs> the only tiger shark Just I the know. tail, though. So it could still be out there. Yeah. yeah. No, just, kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, the linen lashings that kept its box together in midair broke. Uh-oh. And the curious oh. beaver managed to nose its way out and climb on top. Even so, had he stayed where he was, all would have gone well. But for some inexplicable reason, he decided to jump the 75 feet to the ground. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. He was like, you're all dying anyway. (laughs) Overall, it was very successful. The cost of transplanting them was way down from when they were strapped to horses and driven around by conservation officers. Just $30 for four beavers, which was equated to the now $294 today. Um, if the parachutes were collected and returned, this cost would be halved. Wow. Anyways, all in all, successful beaver drop. On a budget. That's a great story. Beaver drop. The colony of our podcast is ready for Ryan's story tonight. Yeah. Ryan, take it away. Okay, thank you. It doesn't have anything to, know, to do with beavers that I know of. Does anybody get shot and not die? No, but there is a not die part of this story. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. <clears throat> it's a through line. Uh, this story is about Charles John... J- 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 Jochen? J-O-U-G-H-I-N. Jochen. 
Wait, spell it again. U G H I N. The phonetic pronunciation John. calls it Jockin. Okay. J- well, let's just call him Jogan. Is like oh, John Jogan. Jogan. Yeah. Jogan. He was a British American chef. He was the chief baker on the Titanic. Oh. Now, prior to this, he had been working his way up. Baker Street. Baker Street. There it is. Nice. <laughs> he first went to sea when he was 11 years old, and he worked his way up. And went to see what? He went to see. Oh, <laughs> he sorry. To, he went to see it's the like Great the Beaver Titanic Drop. couldn't have been around that long for that. No, no, he no. saw it when he was 11, and he was the chief baker. The first time he went to sea was when he was 11, and he, he basically decided, I want to live my life as a mariner. I want to be out there on the ocean. Oh, he, he was like Brandy's boyfriend. Brandy... You're a fine girl. What a good wife you, you would be. be. I thought you were talking Brandy, the 90s pop star. No, no, no. No, uh, from no what he was saying was his life, his love, and his lady is the sea. Wow. Oh, right? okay. Man, I'm <clears throat> impressed that you did that on the fly there. Like, wow. That. Gosh, looking glass. Brandy, Brandy connoisseur. Cheers to Brandy. So, yeah, he from a young age, he's like, I want to be out on the water. And he became the chief baker first on the RMS Olympic, which was the Titanic sister ship. So already he's oh. working his way up within the, what is it, the White Star Line or whatever it is, the line of ships that are yeah. quote-unquote single. There's a whole conspiracy theory. What, buddy? There's a whole conspiracy theory about that ship in the Titanic that they actually switched. Oh, uh, you believe in, in ships? I do. Okay. Flying uh, beavers. So he's on what's called the victualing crew. Vic- victuals. It's basically a fancy word for he's he's the guy. He's the cook. He's got 13 other bakers that he's responsible for. He's getting paid about 1600 bucks a month oh. to have 13 bakers under him. Now this is in 1912. Okay? 1600 in 1912? Yeah. Uh, no, today. to today's money. Oh, so he was getting 12 pounds a month <laughs> to be a baker on a, on a ship. But he's seeing the world. You know, yeah. and he's like the chief baker. He's, he has no expenses. No. Yeah. <clears throat> Room and board covered. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Chuck Jogan, Jockin, really liked the sauce. Carried a flask around with him. Oh, that's sauce. Awesome. He okay. was he was a drinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, whiskey was was his drink of choice. Oh, a Chuck of Bakers. Right. Oh, uh, Chuck. Oh, Chuck. What do you call yeah, a group yeah, of bakers? Yeah, yeah. Chuck. A Chuck of Bakers. A Chuck of Bakers. Yeah, <clears throat> nice. I like that. So he's on the Titanic. The, the the night that the iceberg hits, or the ship hits the iceberg, April 14th. And he's off duty, basically. So he's worked this whole time feeding all these, you know, wealthy people. And he's just tired. And he's drunk. And the ship hits the iceberg. And he feels it. But he doesn't overreact because he's drunk. And he's just like, what was that all about? And word's getting out. And, <laughs> and he's like, we've hit an iceberg. And he's like, oh. That's a big deal, but the ship's unsinkable. We'll see what happens. You know, yeah. is everything all right? Yeah. And they're like, "Well, we don't know yet. We're partying." The band's playing. Yeah, the yeah. band's. <laughs> so basically, word comes down to where he is from the upper deck. Like, hey, we're putting lifeboats in the water, and he's like, "Well, I might as well go up and help." So he One goes. Day up. Somebody's going to want to get in a sub and see this. <laughs> Controlled by an Xbox controller. Yeah. What's an Xbox? Uh, he goes up there and he starts convincing the higher class women who don't want to get in the lifeboat because they're like, oh, the ship is unsinkable. We'll be fine. I don't want to climb in the lifeboat with lower he's people. like, don't be an idiot. Yeah. yeah. He's like, no. Nah, so he literally starts throwing the women. <laughs> A drunk baker throwing women into lifeboats 
just willy-nilly. He's chucking kids in there. He's chucking. He actually, he has the presence of mind. Just to, the abject fear on these people's faces. He turns around and points at him. He's like, you're next. <laughs> well, also, what he decided yeah. to do was, like, provide bread. I mean, like, the one act of, well, this whole thing is an act of heroism. But, like, he basically decides, he has the forethought of these people are going to need something to eat while they wait for oh, rescue. Yeah. So he's getting bread in the lifeboats. He's chucking women and children in him. <laughs> All the while, he's drunk. Yeah. Okay? He has the presence of mind to throw deck chairs over the side to be makeshift floats Floats. Yeah. for people. Wow. So all He's this, just throwing everything. Yeah. Yeah, man. All this exertion is, uh, is causing him to want to go back and take a little bit of a break down in his cabin. <clears throat> Wait, and everyone's just, gone. Hold on. Everyone's yeah. gone. It's a sinking ship. Yeah, but the, but the, the ship has He's only, on the top end. The water is starting to fill. We'll get to that. Yeah. The water is just starting to fill, and it hasn't broken in two yet. Okay? And so he goes back down to his cabin, and he's like, well, I might as well drink some more. And yeah. so he's got, like, all this whiskey in him. He's trying to be a fish. He finally goes back up, and he's like, well. I am not a fish. I'm not a fish. <laughs> That's a whole other story. So he's down, and the ship essentially breaks in half, okay? And he realizes, I need to get up to the, the highest point if if I'm going to ride this thing down. <clears throat> now, <laughs> so he, you know the scene in Titanic where, like, it's Jack and, have you never seen Titanic? No, I know how it ends. Why would I watch the Okay, movie? all right, that's a good point. Well, it's, it's a it's spoiler a, alert. The yeah. ship sinks. Yeah. Well, Jack and Rose, Leo and uh, Kate Winslet, essentially do what Chuck Jacken did in reality, where they get over the side and they ride it down. So they're like looking down at the water as they're sinking on oh. the, what essentially I think would have been the bow of the ship or the stern of the ship. I can't remember. Wait, which one's which? The top. Bow is the, the front. front. Stern is stern. Stern. So, yeah. stern. Yeah, stern. I thought you were saying he was on the front of the ship doing the thing by himself <laughs> just hammered <laughs> king of the world king of the world it's gonna be famous one day just throwing movie. children overboard <laughs> have some bread while king you're up. get the boat take the bread <laughs> he's tossing beavers overboard <laughs> here's so, a parachute <laughs> in in the interview later with the uh, like the the committee that studied the the wreck so he the, lived he does live yeah. Um, they they ask him. They're like, "What? How did you? How did you ride that thing down?" He's like, "I rode it like an elevator. I just literally rode it all the way down. And when it was time to jump off. I timed it. He's wearing a life jacket. He jumps off. He doesn't even get his hair wet. That's like amazing. the dude just goes off and he jumps in and he's just bobbing. Now he is still hammered drunk, <laughs> and everyone around him is freezing to death if they're not in a lifeboat. Oh, oh but his he stays in the water for three hours. Yeah. And he's totally fine. He's what? just chilling. He's got like dead children floating by him. He's just like, ah, yeah. sucks I, to be that I little threw kid. that one in. I, I threw that, that one in. Oh, I, I thought he made it. <laughs> Must have missed. Huh. When they, when they, when the, when the rescue ship, uh, what was it, the Carpathia, like the bread, the finally bread. comes and and starts rescuing the the very few people who who ended up surviving, he was literally first of all he was the last person on board the Titanic, the chief baker, okay, and he's one of the the last that actually get rescued on the Carpathia, this the uh, the rescue ship. What they do. <laughs> what they do, and he's again, he's still drunk. Like, what Come they back do in a few hours to heat him up is they put him in the ship's oven. 
Baker gets bit. They put the chief baker Fire of a ship who was hammered, drunk, and freezing in the oven on a ship to warm him up. Later in life, he's, he, he, of course, survived the sinking. He yeah. moved to New Jersey. Of course he yes. did. Of course he, of course New course he moved to New Jersey. He, he worked on ships, troop, uh, World War II troop transports. He retired in 1944. He gets remarried. His earlier wife had, had died a while ago. They had a child together, which was actually, he said, his toughest loss as opposed to almost dying in the Titanic. But then his actually his experience was recorded in this guy's Walter Lord's book, A Night to Remember, which was sort of the it was written in the mid 50s about what happened in 1912. And so this guy is uh, is a legend. Chuck, yeah. Chuck Jockin. So it just goes to show you that if <laughs> okay, here we go. If you're on a ship and you get hit by an iceberg, and you're a, you're a baker, you just just drink a lot of whiskey. Yeah. Throw things overboard, including yeah. women and children. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Odds are Don't you might survive. Bread. But it was because of his 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 blood temperature. He was he was like because yeah. his pretty, blood was super thin. He was immune to the absolute chill of the water. That it didn't really phase him. That's and so amazing. he was able to keep his calm. He wasn't panicked. He wasn't exerting energy. He was just sitting there floating drunk, just waiting for rescue. Yeah, I wonder like, if he had another bottle of whiskey there. Just uh, like, I just yeah. picture him sipping yeah. while he's waiting. Just, just, just he probably made night. like a float of whiskey bottles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how he survived as long as he did. But it's pretty Snacking cool to think that like, bread. literally the last person off the Titanic. Well, alive. This, yeah, alive. Yeah, alive. Yes. Thank you, Russ. Anyway. Too soon. There's my story, Too and I'm soon. sticking to it. Wow. Well done. So, yeah. Thank you. So, That's... that was episode one. I believe Stingray is going to op- join us for episode two nice. of season five. Also, if you want to become a patron of the podcast, go to... <laughs> go to patreon.com slash presequential. You can find it in the show notes. Uh, we release episodes every other Wednesday, and we'd like to thank our patrons for making this episode possible special shout out to our sponsors and of course stingray rob thank you where can people follow along with you stingray at stingray rob on most most social medias um and rob is spelled r-o-b-b and then twitter's difference at sting underscore ray underscore rob awesome if you're a beaver listening to this we salute you (laughs) 